Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland, and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, severinrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. Hey, good morning. Let's talk to, uh, to the one who died, uh, calling us friends to introduce us to, uh, to his father. Jesus, thank you so much for dying for us, for coming to earth to reveal your father's love and for doing it in a way that was so unreligious, God, that was so, so real. Jesus, I'm asking today that you would send your spirit that we might know your Father and relate to your Father in a new way for the rest of our time on planet Earth. Jesus, give your people your spirit that they might pray with a new passion and a new heart and a new reality and a new authenticity, Lord, that, that, that everything would change from this day forward. We pray this because we believe you've given us access. And all God's people say, amen. I love what, uh, what one of the saints of old said. He said, if you would teach men to build boats, he said, do not gather wood and divide up the tasks and, and assign the work. Rather, teach them, give them a longing soul deep for the sea. And in the same way, uh, as we talk about prayer today, um, we do not want to teach methods or principles, don't want to teach, um, you know, rules and, and precepts. What I want to do today is awaken uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit in your heart a desire for you to connect your time with eternity. You and I are here on this earth for just a short period and there is inside of you the eternal. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says God has set eternity in the hearts of people. And there is a gravity pulling on your life and, and working against you that is pulling you down to, to literally just destroy you and there is the call of God on your life lifting you up towards the eternal and you and I have to choose which we'll listen to and which we'll live towards. Today, we're talking about prayer. And, and I just want to kind of explain what prayer is. Prayer is seeking the good of the kingdom in the struggles of life. Um, you know, the reality is that there's a lot taught about prayer that has to do kind of with the gospel of health and wealth and personal success. And so we pray to get stuff. We pray to gather more of the world's emptiness that we're going to lose when we die. And there are, one of, one of, one of my uh, friends this morning was reminding me that, you know, that in a couple of the churches he's been, they actually had the $100 prayer line and the $50 prayer line and the $20 prayer line, you know. Mm, okay, boy, we're going to have fun explaining that one when we stand before God, you know. Prayer uh, is, is seeking. And it is seeking the goodness of 
the kingdom of heaven, all that, that is God. The kingdom of heaven uh, is not just heaven far away, by and by, in the sky. The kingdom of heaven is all the goodness and life and fullness and bigness and joy and laughter of God that has come down to earth in Jesus. Heaven invaded the hell of earth. And, and it did so through love and sacrifice. It did so through the person of Jesus. And the kingdom of heaven passes from heart to heart. It ignites life to life. And wherever there is faith, the kingdom of heaven changes life and spreads. And so we're asking God for the good of the kingdom, not for, for more of planet earth. We're not asking for our bins. And it's not the health and wealth gospel. See, the simple reality is that a huge part of our brokenness on planet Earth is that you and I don't even know what good and evil is. You know, we think we do, and that's, that's a part of our godless arrogance. And so, so we construct a, a vision of life, and we begin to pursue it, calling it good, not realizing that it may be the worst thing in the world for us. You and I are so broken, we don't know which way is up and which way is down. When my friend Dean Morris, the worship pastor who uh, died in, in um, 09, um, when he was in the end stage of his pancreatic cancer, um, we were at uh, Hopkins one time when he was having his chemo. And Dean just said, uh, it still brings tears to my eyes, he said, you know, I call this cancer bad. He said, but what if it's, what if it's good? What if this cancer isn't about me? What if this whole thing with this cancer isn't about me? What if, what if this is simply a part of God using this for good to change the lives of other people? Some of us don't pray because we resent God for the struggles in our life. And some of us think that God is not good and is not doing good in our lives and so we don't pray. But I just want you to know that prayer is seeking the good that you were created to know, the good that you're truly longing for um, in the midst of the hard. God will not remove the, the struggles for life, but he will conquer every one of them in Christ. That's the promise. So, so here's the deal. Jesus said something in, in Matthew 16, 25 that doesn't sound very good to me, but it is. He said, uh, if you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you're going to save it. Well, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't call necessarily giving up my life a good thing. But it is. And so... So prayer is this invitation to connect with eternity. Uh, it's a journey of seeking that answers the, the thirst of your soul. Today, I want your life to be changed forever. From this day forward, seriously, I want the church at Seven Run to be changed and different. Um, I want your life to be forever changed because from this day forward, you understood the simplicity of prayer and you began to pray. And because you prayed, everything changes. Prayer is asking that listens deeply. It's a passionate personal conversation. We're not talking, uh, putting a recording on a machine or, or leaving a voicemail. This is a personal encounter. And, and the this, this simple truth is that along with obedience, prayer is the highest expression of a real desire for personal relationship with God. If you and I do not pray, we're avoiding God. 
If we don't pray, it's because we have allowed uh, our souls to become deaf and deadened to the, the, the call of eternity and, and, and the creation of our hearts. Eternity is set in your heart. And you are called to live a small, self-sized life. You and I were called to live a God-sized life in a broken world and then to break forth into eternity and, and forever enjoy to, to celebrate the presence of God and to, to enjoy life. And it's all, it all begins in prayer. In Jesus, the health of heaven invades the hell of earth. And in believing prayer, we commit to seek the Father's interest in the world and we receive the Father's health into our lives. Pastor John challenged you boldly to, to understand that prayer is not self-centered. It is for self, but it is God-centered and, and it, is, it is revolutionary. So believing prayer isn't asking God to give us more of earth's emptiness. Some of us, we don't pray because sometime in the past, you know, we asked God for a bigger house and he didn't give us one. You know? Or we asked God for a new car and it didn't happen. And, and, and some of us are not praying because we were praying not asking for what God calls good. We were praying asking for something that God calls bad. And I want to challenge you to understand that your father wants to give you the kingdom and he wants to give you all that's good. And guys, I'm just telling you, if we don't leave change today by the word of God in Matthew 7, 7, we're just a bunch of knuckleheads. That's just, that's just true. Believing prayer is about turning to the Lord as the single source of, of real life. I mean, seriously, in everything, um, I want you to develop a, a habit, a personal habit of praying about everything. You know, there's nothing that we don't pray about. Um, I mean, everything. There's one source and there's no decision too big. There's no decision too small that ought not to begin uh, from the, the heartbeat of God. Prayer, believing prayer is about trusting that God is joyfully generous, that he really, really is. And, and the truth is that we don't just begin with God being generous to us. We enjoy the generosity of God so that we can be generous with other people in every life relationship. Um, we learn to have a generous grace in our conversations. We learn to be generous financially. We learn to go into the world and, and be generous in the world. Guys, I, I'm praying in the days to come that God will give the church at Severn millions of dollars. And, and, and the truth is, we end up in eternity not with what we got, but what we gave. And, and I want to, to begin an experiment in the days to come. I want to see how much we can give away um, in Baltimore City, in Curtis Bay, in Brooklyn Park, um, in the Broken Wall Project. I want to see how much we can give away um, in, in Anne Arundel County and, and beyond. I, I just want to open up the floodgates of heaven and see what, what God would do to pour out on a broken world. God is generous. And if all we end up is with what we fearlessly give away, how you doing? So, so again, I know um, that, that the... Uh, that that the culture of self is strong. I mean, um, 
you know, we come to church as consumers and we go to God as consumers and we get mad when God doesn't do what we want. But the simple truth is that prayer is seeking the good of the kingdom and the struggles of life and we have a God who listens and who answers. I, I want to just to read a passage of scripture that talks about the confidence with which we get to live and the peacefulness with which we get to navigate the struggles of life. Jesus said, you heard Pastor John read it. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or clothes to wear. Pause. How many of y'all are clothes horses? Come on, admit it. You close people, keep your hand raised for a second, now you shoe people. If Pastor John was here, he'd have both hands waving in the air, okay? So, so some of y'all think clothes are, are important. I got that, you know? Some of the rest of us, we just wear them, you know? Seriously, and you fashion people point out to us how we're wearing them wrong. True story, true story, and I'm embarrassed, embarrassed to admit it. I just wasn't thinking. I came one day wearing a black pair of shoes with a brown belt, and Pastor John almost passed out. <laughs> we had security running back, you know, to get the heart machine to start him up, and, and he was just like out. So, so some of y'all, that's important, and you're going to pay attention to it. But, but let's, for the rest of us, how many, how about food? How many food is important? Come on, raise your hands. You're there. I mean, y'all like to eat. Jesus said it wasn't important in the sense that it's worth worrying about. Now, I, this is pretty extreme. This is pretty strong. I mean, seriously, this is a powerful statement. And then he says, for life is more than food and the body more than clothing. And some of y'all are going, life more than food. Life is food. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in the barns for God feeds them and you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Listen, listen, listen to your place in God's heart. You are valuable. You are, you are eternally sacred and, and infinitely loved. Um, so can all of your worry add a single moment to your life? And the answer is? All right. So if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, wait a minute, a little thing like adding time to my life? Then what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. And yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares, listen to this, so wondrously, so beautifully, so, so capably for the flowers of the field, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? God, I just want to say I'm, I'm sorry that I have so little faith. So listen to, to what God's heart is. So don't be afraid, little flock. Listen. I, some of you did not grow up with generous fathers. Your fathers were not generous in their praise. Your mothers were not generous in, in their giving. Some of you, I had a friend whose um, um, you know, father was wealthy and used that wealth as a gosh, as a stick to beat that kid with. And, and it was a tool that, that they would use to uh, show affection and withhold. It was just their control mechanism. And it was horrible. Some of you did not grow up with, with a father who valued you like you should. But let me tell you, you can grow up with a father who values you like you, you are. Your heavenly father. And his attitude towards you is astonishing. 
listen, God, God isn't mad at you because you failed. Uh, God isn't frustrated with you. God loves you passionately. And he's inviting you to make a choice. A choice of whether or not you're going to answer the call of your life upward towards eternity or whether you're going to not believe and just plant your life on the emptiness of, of this world and, and live um, with self as the center of small life. But you got to know that God is cheering for you, rooting for you, that all the angels in heaven are, are, are there for you, that, that God himself has this attitude towards us that, that is just astonishing. Quick pause. Have any of y'all ever had somebody whisper a rumor about you? Anybody? Anybody ever had somebody say anything negative about you that you learned about? That's fun, isn't it? You know? You know? I, I heard that you haven't been doing so well after you got out of prison. What? <laughs> you know? Um, do you understand that all of hell every day has this whispering campaign against the goodness and the mercy and the generosity and the fun of God? Do you understand that, that, that Satan's task is to lie about how good God is. Listen to this. So your first priority in life is to seek the kingdom of God above all else, above all else, above even eating and drinking and, and looking good. Above everything else, seek the good of the kingdom and he'll give you everything else you need. So, so this isn't about self-seeking and praying to get. This is about seeking the kingdom of heaven. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Do you, do you, do you understand what that means? You make God happy when you let him give. Just tell your neighbor that. They may not know, and you could be doing a life-changing service to them. Just tell your neighbor that you make God happy when you let him give to you. I'm not hearing a lot of enthusiasm. <laughs> Your neighbor may not know that, that they're, they're denying God joy by not being willing to receive. So you know what? If you had a million dollars and it would please you to give it to me, who am I to make you unhappy, right? <laughs> please, no, 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 for your sake, go ahead. That's the heart of this verse. It gives God great joy to give to you. It pleases him. His eyes light up. His heart beats faster. God loves to pour out the generosity of his character and being into your life. Not so that you can have more of the emptiness of, of hell, but so that you can have all the fullness of the kingdom of heaven. And now again, here's where it gets twisted, potentially into the, uh, the prosperity gospel, you know, and the only way you can do that is you ignore scripture and you, and you don't listen to Jesus. So if you think about this, that this giving of God is about you getting a Mercedes Benz, some pastors think it's about getting Learjets and I'm serious and limo service. There are pastors who have limo service from their house to the church building. I'm giving my limo service up. I just am. I live a quarter mile, and, and I got a steep driveway. It's hard for the stretch to get up there anyway. For a while, I ordered the Hummer, you know. Um, but nobody was here to greet me with flags and fanfare and trumpets anyway. So I'm just giving it up, and I'll just drive. Oh, my gosh, what are we thinking? 
All this generosity of God is not so that we can look good, drive nicer, live bigger and flasher in the eyes of people. In fact, look what Jesus says. He says, you know, so live in the giving of God. And then here's what I want you to do with all the generosity I've poured out on you. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. And this will be for you treasure in heaven. That never gets preached. But it is what we're going to live in the days ahead. We're going to be on this great adventure to see how much we can give away of the kingdom of heaven in, in the days to come. So guys, here's what prayer does. Prayer connects the problems of time with the provisions of eternity. You got problems. Anybody here have problems? You know, we all got them. And, and in truth, I am one. But God solves them. And he gives all the provision of eternity for all the real problems. Some of us don't pray because we resent the fact that God lets us struggle on planet Earth. Well, let me just tell you, um, you know, you're going to struggle on planet Earth. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world in John 16, 33. Now, if you're not a believer here today, um, thank you for being here and thank you for your, you know, just take the next step in your spiritual journey. This message is really designed for those who are believers. But if you are not a believer, let me just tell you, in this world you're going to have trouble and there's this really, really big problem that's about to happen in your life at some time that I want to give you a heads up. You're going to die and there's nothing you can do about it. But... Uh, but I can help you solve that problem if you believe in Jesus, seriously. So some of us don't pray because, because we're mad that we have problems. No, 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 that's, that's like so backwards. You know, pray the, the, the provision of eternity into every problem. Prayer replaces temporary pain with, with a permanent hope. It trades short-sighted perspectives with, with an eternal um, and everlasting vision. Prayer kills self-centered existing and replaces it with God-sized living in, in our lives. And the truth is, prayer changes everything inside of us as we listen to the voice of God deeply and we, and we then get sent out into the world to, to change it. Guys, I want to tell you this morning that God is just waiting to give endlessly, but we're just too faithless to ask. I, I'm just telling you, if, if, if we read this next scripture, Matthew 7, 7 through 11, and we stay the same as a church, if you stay the same as a believer, if you stay stuck, if you stay depressed, if you stay defeated, if you stay keeping your distance from God, if you continue um, this dumb attitude towards prayer that relegates it for 911 situations, if we read what we're about to read and we don't change, you know, uh, I mean, hugely in the days to come, we're just a bunch of knuckleheads. I'm serious. We're deaf and blind and dumb and just plain willfully ignorant because God is waiting to give to you endlessly. That is the unadulterated, unvarnished, unfiltered, unwatered down word of God. And the word I'm about to preach to you is scary. And a lot of times as pastors, we want to tame it, make it safe, give you all the conditions for no. The simple truth is that, that what Jesus said is absolutely true. And in Matthew 7, 7, he said, keep on asking. And if you're good enough, you're going to receive. Wait, did, did I miss something? Oh, I'm sorry. Keep on asking and you will receive. I'm sorry. You'll, you, you will receive what you ask for. Sorry. 
So keep on seeking and, and maybe 50% of you, if you're really, you know, just persistent for a lifetime, maybe you're going to find a little scrap of something, something here or there. Did I miss it again? Doggone it. No, no, no. Keep on seeking and you will find. There's got to be some loopholes. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to those who are the wisest, most educated, most intelligent religious people. The door will be opened to you. Okay, listen to verse 8. Because some of y'all, seriously, you're not praying because you've been listening to, to what hell's been saying about God and it's not true. You need to be listening and trusting and you need to be believing in a real world fierce kind of way. And here's what the word of God says. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds and everyone who knocks on the door of of closed problems and and you know frustrations and and hardships that door will be opened guys we do not believe the word of god we won't ask god years ago when when i was in um you know like one small group uh with with a group of people and and we were going to pray together and i said we're going to pray out loud and you heard the groans oh i don't pray out loud what No, and then, and then I used to say dumb, meaningless stuff. We Christians say a lot of dumb, meaningless stuff like, well, if you're comfortable, if you're not a believer, that's one thing. But if you're a believer, and I would say, well, if you're comfortable, why don't you pray out loud? Well, I, I just don't do that. Believer, you took a nail through the right hand, a nail through the left hand, a nail through your feet, and it hurt. And you were dying. And then to make sure that you died in an uncomfortable kind of way, with Jesus, you took a spear through your side. You died. Comfort isn't in the picture. Pray. You know? <laughs> Some of us don't pray. Well, I'm not eloquent enough. I don't have fancy words. It doesn't say. You know, let's adopt King James English. Let us pray in an Elizabethan tongue. And if you are eloquent enough, God will be persuaded by the poetry of your words and he will answer. We're just dumb not to just take the word of God for what it says and just do it. But I'm just telling you, Satan has succeeded in shutting down your access to, to the kingdom of heaven and shutting down the opening of the, of the windows of heaven to pour out the blessings of, of God from eternity because you and I won't ask. We won't pray. And, and I'm just telling you, the only reason not to pray is because you don't believe God is good or that he exists or, or you don't want to know him. There is no good reason not to pray. This isn't a qualification thing. Well, I wish I could pray like so-and-so. Get over it. You know, Jesus said, unless you change and become like a little child, you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven unless you repent. Unless all of your self-sufficiency, your pride, your arrogance goes out the window and you just humble yourself. How does a child approach a parent that loves them? You ever been tackled? I have some kids here at the church that I love. I love all of our children, but I love some of them tackle me. I'll be talking with somebody, you know, and all of a sudden, bam, you know. I got arms wrapped around me. It's like, yes, that's how, that's how 
I'm supposed to love my Father, my, my, my God. So whatever, here's, I want to give you just, this is going to be really eloquent. Um, whatever excuse you have for you not being good enough to pray, just trash it. Because it's all garbage. And the simple truth is Satan wants to shut you up. He wants to see you suffer. He wants to watch you lose. He wants to wrap your life up in a self-centered misery. The last thing Satan wants you to do is for you to connect with your God-given purpose and to answer your God-given call from eternity and to be sent out into the world joyfully as salt and light to change our planet. Guys, I'm telling you, we forfeit uh, so much simply because we will not pray, we will not ask. So why are we such a bunch of wimpy quitters? It isn't about being qualified or knowledgeable or good enough. It's about being stubborn and willing to receive like a child. Daddy, I trust you. I need you. Guys, uh, you know, I, I don't know how to put it any better. Jesus called every broken believer into a life of, of prayer. Why don't we pray? What is keeping you from praying about the real problems and the real challenges in your life? Because you're not good enough? Listen, Jesus settled that. God isn't mad at you. He, he took all his wrath out on, on the Son of God. God. God isn't frustrated with you. Well, I'll pray. I can pray this week because I was good enough this week. I, I got 55 holy points and I'm just above the threshold. All of you who are parents, all of you who have grandchildren, and, and some of you, you've discovered a level of um, gracefulness. You've discovered a level of unconditional love that even exceeded your love for your children uh, in your grandchildren. You know what I'm talking about? You know? Um, and and here's, here's what Jesus said. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? And the answer is, of course not. Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Nobody does that. And so Jesus said, so if you sinful people, ouch, a little bit of a sting, a little bit of a rebuke, honest truth, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who are religious enough, to those who have the right theological education, to Baptists, <laughs> Catholics, Ah, Episcopalians with that high common book of prayer. That's good stuff. How about those who are full gospel? How about those who are, you know, you're doing a bunch of stuff? No. Do you understand? There are no qualifications to full and complete access to all the storehouses of the goodness of heaven and the kingdom of God except the willingness to ask. God knows how to give good gifts. And if you and I will listen, he will give us the good gift of an amazing life. He's a good father. He's just awesome. And the only requirement for God opening up and pouring out all the blessings is just to ask and trust. So what keeps you praying for life? Seriously, I want, that's, that's a question. I want you to speak it out loud. 
but I, I, that's, that's a part of your homework this week. What is keeping me from a life of continual prayer and asking? Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. You're never going to live lost. Knock on any closed door and it will be open. Why? Because everyone who asks receives. Man, there are certain situations in life where I just haven't been good enough. There have been times I haven't been smart enough. Uh, in athletics, there are times where I wasn't fast enough or big enough. I played football. <laughs> Believe it or not. You know? And, and, you know, eventually I realized I'm just not stinking strong enough. I'm not big enough. I, you know? And, and I can remember seriously in math class doing trigonometry thinking, this makes no earthly sense. This is torture. I, I'm just not smart enough for this. And, and all of us have reasons and, and excuses in life why we just can't, but not here, not with God, not with everything that matters for all of eternity. You have no limits. There are no qualifications. All you and I have to do is to ask. Guys, I'm telling you in the days to come, if this doesn't change how you're living as a disciple, if this doesn't ignite your own spiritual journey, if this doesn't change how we as a church live together in this broken world, then we're just plain dumb. We are just plain dead. Everything changes from here because we ask. You know, um, no more I'm not good enough, no more I'm not this, I'm not that. It's not I'm not, it's Jesus is. Do you understand? Jesus is able. Jesus is good enough. And Jesus is willing. Stop making it complicated. Just ask. What do you need in your life? What does your marriage need? What do you need with your kids? Ask. You know, um, raising a teenager is challenging. Um, and, and the other day it occurred to me, I'm not asking God enough for enough help. I'm a genius. You know what I'm doing now? I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in terms, in terms of what you're capable of, what's the biggest thing you could possibly attempt for God if you knew that you couldn't fail? Just ask. What's your biggest point of discouragement in your life? What is breaking you down and just making you give up hope? What is keeping you addicted? What's, what's keeping the needle in your arm or the bottle in your hand or the joint in your pocket? Just ask. Just ask. No qualifications, no limits. It's just the faith to ask. I, anybody can do this. And everything changes when we do. So right now, if you're not a believer, I just honor you and I respect you and I, I thank you again so much for being here. But I'm going to ask you to ask too. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to stand up first of all. <coughs> right now. <laughs> and I'm asking you to come down and, and we're going to pray together. And right up here, there are sheets here. There's um, more in the back as well. And there's some instructions on the back for how we can share this. But right, it says, this week I'm asking for, and, and I want you to write it down. So let's come. Everybody, come forward.
come on. If you've got a dress on and can't kneel, that's perfectly fine. If your knees don't work well, you stay standing. But otherwise, let's come and let's ask. Let's ask. Let's believe and ask. Pastor, what do, do, I, what do I ask for? Anything and everything relevant to your life. Ask God to move on this church in a way that changes the world. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. He will tell you. Ask for grace in your marriage. I don't need to tell you what to ask for. I just need to challenge you in this moment to believe the word of God and ask. So Father, we are now in these moments living the promise of your word and I pray that you'd hear these prayers of your people asking, knowing that you are a generous God who is happy to answer each and every prayer being offered in this moment. Ask. I'm asking that you would change the community of the Church of Seven Run forever from this day forward. I'm asking that you would grant your people, your Holy Spirit, in a new way to prompt them to pray about everything in their lives, every decision, every need, every relationship, happy or sad, every decision for the future, every regret of the past. Father, may you just inspire your people to pray and open up the blessings of heaven and may you bless the church at Severn Run in an amazing way, not because of who we are, but because you are God and you are good and you answer every prayer that's offered in faith. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you for this gift of prayer. It's in, in Jesus' name we pray. As all God's people say, amen. Thank you for joining us today at the church at Severn Run. Please visit our website at severnrun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.